Hey, Frarian, what's up? Hey, Jenna Ford from Six Feet Away, mask on. I know. On. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? My, you know, from Six Feet Away, the weather's pretty great. So, <laughs> um, how's your week been? It has been. Um, it's early, but I think it's been all right. Yeah. yeah. How about you? been bopping lots of Shakespeare lots of poetry yeah, it's been fun nice and the weather's been good too I know I'm ready for it to get cool yeah so I can drink cider and watch the leaves fall dramatically from the trees anyway so we are on our seventh episode yes um it's crazy to think that we've already done we this say it's crazy every week we're <laughs> yeah, like oh my week. gosh it's like the seventh <laughs> episode like we're just going to be shocked every episode, dear listeners, so just just roll with it. So, take it away, Prairian. Welcome to the Campus Catholic, a podcast providing candid discussion on Catholic Christian issues from a college student perspective. I'm Campus Minister Friar Ian Bremer, here with our college student, Jenna Ford. Hello! And as we start every show... Jenna, who is our Saint Spotlight this week? So our Saint Spotlight is Saint Thomas Aquinas. And um, Friar Ian and I were just talking about this prior to jumping on to record. (laughs) Um, He's a Dominican, and I guess the Dominicans and the Franciscans got a little beef going on. So, (laughs) But nonetheless, we are still showcasing a Dominican saint today. Um, He was alive from 1225 to 1274. At the age of five, his parents actually gave him to a Benedictine monastery in Monte Cassino um, in hopes that he would adopt this way of life. But in 1243, much to his parents' dismay, he decided that, you know what, he didn't really vibe with the Benedictines, wasn't really for him, so he decided to join the Dominican order. And funny enough, his mother actually sent his older brother to go capture him and like forced him to live at home for a year, um, which just seems really intense, but um, thankfully he was freed. Um, and he later became a professor and a director of Dominican schools. Um, he's known a lot for his writings, and, and his writings would also later allow him to become a doctor of the church, which is one of the highest honors, I think, that you can receive. Um, he is also the patron saint of colleges, schools, and students. And to tie in with our episode, he was one of the very first people to ask is getting drunk a sin, which we are going to dive into very much today. But Friar Ian, you also have a few tidbits of information about St. Thomas Aquinas I think you should share. Yeah, so I don't know that much about him because, of course, like, being a Franciscan, we study our Franciscan saints a little bit more. Um, but what, I, what I've heard, this could be Apocrypha, so I don't know how true it is, but um, we do know that Thomas Aquinas was... Um, he was uh, kind of rotund, um, and uh, and apparently, like they had to cut out a part of the table so that he could <laughs> eat at the table. Um, but uh, I don't know how true that is. Uh, though his his nickname in the church um, was Dumb Ox, the Dumb Ox, because actually his confreres did not think he was all that bright, and um, laughs. Uh, you know, jokes on them, and Thomas Aquinas gets the last laugh because he's a doctor of the church, and so much of church teaching is actually um, founded on, you know, his writings, especially the Summa Theologica, so um, there you go. Wow, talk about, like, a serious glow-up, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, so St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. Um, And so we kind of already spoiled it, but today's episode is... Today we are talking about, is 
getting drunk a sin. Yes. Um, I'm super interested for this conversation. Um, I don't know. I just know what to expect. And I feel like a lot of college students, um, I don't know, maybe deal with this, I guess. Yeah. And we have a great uh, guest today. Jenna, do you want to tell us who our yes. guest speaker is? So we are today interviewing Amy Gasper. She is a senior at Indiana State University and she is majoring in philosophy. And after graduation, she is hoping to do mission work, which is super awesome. Um, so yeah, we um, really get into it with Amy and talk about lots and lots of good stuff. Our guest saint, I think, makes an appearance. Um, so you should stick around for our seventh episode of The Campus Catholic. So without further ado, please enjoy our conversation with Amy. Hey, Amy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I'm here with Friar Ian. Shalom. So how have things been going? How are classes? Pretty good. I mean, as best as I can at the moment. I have just two in person. The rest of my six classes are online. So cool. And as you know, today we are talking about a very interesting topic. And I actually was talking to some people about our next podcast episode. And they're like, oh, that, wow, that's really cool. So we're talking about drinking. <laughs> <laughs> And just as a preface, we are all of the age, Friar Ian, myself, and Amy. So, um, yeah, is getting drunk a sin? Let's chat. Hey, so first question before I kind of get into drinking per se, um, let's just talk about sin in general. Um, so Amy, can you tell us uh, some of the different types of sin? Yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump to the catechism because it are, like answers the questions more fully. So, an overall, like overall, a sin is an offense against reason, truth, and right conscience. It is failure and genuine love for God and your neighbor. So, sin ultimately is an offense against God. And there are, when we talk about sins, there's typically two different types of sin. Uh, these are called ven venial sins and mortal sins. So, a venial sin is when, in regards to a less of less serious matter and this will make more sense whenever i explain what a mortal sin is but a mortal sin ultimately is composed of three different parts grave matter full knowledge and deliberate consent so grave matter um is typically associated with the ten commandments so um like do not kill do not commit adultery do not steal these sins are held to a higher standard and they're considered grave matter. In regards to like full knowledge um, um, and complete consent, it's being just fully aware of what the sin is, um, how it can hurt your relationship with God, and then the complete consent is saying yes to pretty much commit that sin and there are situations where like people are ignorant of the sin or people harden their hearts um to that sin and these aren't typically reasons uh well i i guess like when people harden their hearts to the sin they're doing this in order to protect themselves saying like oh this isn't a sin like I'll be okay if I do this. Pretty much like turning themselves away from God, but 
these are ways that we try to protect ourselves from the sin, but ultimately it's still committing a mortal sin. There are situations though where there are people who, like children or those with mental issues, um, these people are in a situation where they're unable to make right judgments. So there are circumstances where people do not have full knowledge of the sin that they are committing. So those are pretty much situations where they kind of differ out of mortal sin. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a good, good explanation. Um, and I just think that was like a good starter because um, I'm just interested to kind of see where the rest of this conversation goes. So we're just going to jump right into it. So Amy, is getting drunk a sin? Is drinking bad? Enlighten us. <laughs> <laughs> so to answer the second question first, um, that says, is drinking bad? Drinking is not bad. Um, what happens is there's this distinction between drinking and being drunk. Um, and this is kind of where some people would describe a gray area or not really knowing if it's a sin or not, like not a sin. So I'm gonna use a couple quotes from Thomas Aquinas, um, the Bible, and also Augustine as well. But so what I, where I'm gonna start is I'm going to start with Aquinas. So in the Summa Theologia, uh, the second part of the second part, in question 149, in article one, he talks about how drinking and drunkenness in itself hinders the use of reason even more than excessive eating. Hence, it is written in Sirach, chapter 31, verses 37 through 38, sober drinking is health to the soul and the body. Wine drunken with excess can lead to quarrels and wrath and many ruins. So kind of what this is talking about is drinking to the point where like you're unable to reason and drinking to the point where you start making like rash decisions like if you are an angry drunk or things like that like it can lead to many other outcomes that can lead to even greater sin so drinking in itself it should be enjoyable it should glorify god but when you make the decision to drink excessively without the intent of glorifying God in that action um, that leads to sin, that is the point where drunkenness can become a sin. So if we go down a little farther in the Summa Theologica, in question 150, article two, uh, Aquinas goes ahead and points out the fact that it would seem that drunkenness is not a mortal sin. So, for Augustine says in the Sermon on Purgatory that drunkenness, if indulged and assiduously, is a mortal sin, however. So, what this means, if you drink um, with, like, great effort, like, you fully intend, like, to get drunk, to, like, pass out, to not be able to reason anymore, that is when it becomes a mortal sin. Because if we look back to what a mortal sin is, you have to have full knowledge, you have to, it has to be of grave matter, and it also has to be with consent. So you're going at it with the intention, like, this is what I want. I want to become drunk, 
Like I don't, like I want to like fall down, like be tipsy, like to the point where like you are like passed out drunk, like you're puking, like you're not able to reason anymore. And it's grave matter because it goes against God's will. And also it, let me pull up my catechism here because it, it's also in Galatians chapter five, verses 19 to 21. It talks about the works of the flesh and these works of the flesh go against the desires of the spirit. Um, that is discussed in verse 17, just a little higher, but it's pretty much talking about how like the flesh and the spirit are going against each other. And drunkenness in itself is going against the spirit because you're not able to be one with God if you are committing this sin. Like, I'm not saying that going and having a drink with friends is like initially bad or anything, but it's with the intent, with the knowledge, and the grave matter, that's when it becomes a sin. So, and there are circumstances where uh, you can say that maybe trying to figure out how to how to articulate this, but in the, the podcast Pints with Pints with Aquinas, Matt Frad does a good explanation, episode twenty four, how he goes into detail. There are circumstance circumstances where someone may be ignorant of the alcohol or that they may not be fully aware of the what the alcohol could do to them so for example like hard liquor if someone is going at it with the intent and they don't know the what like two shots could do to them or something like that like they don't understand like the percentage or anything like that and how it could affect their body that is a circumstance where it may not necessarily be a mortal sin because they're not fully aware of the situation so in kind of layman's term, like terms, like let's break this down a little mm -hmm. bit. So say like I want to go out and I want to have a good time, and I'm like, well, if I get drunk, sure, whatever, and then um, I do, but like I don't go crazy, like nothing bizarre happens. Like maybe I just act a little like little silly, and then like the night's over. Like is that because I mean, and we're thinking about intention. Like I did, like hypothetically, did have the intent to go out and like have a good time. Mm -hmm. But like nothing negative really or severe came out of that. Would you, would that fall under your category even though I had the intent? So are you looking at the intent of like getting completely drunk or just to like, and like enjoy the night if that kind of makes sense? I think that's kind of like a fine line. Like, you know, like you're like, well, we'll just see what happens. Mm -hmm. Like hypothetically speaking, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but cause I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that's a lot of, from people I've talked to like they're like oh you know well I'm just gonna have fun and we'll just see what happens like what would be your consensus on that kind of situation so my personal experience is like I believe they're like there I feel like there's a difference between like going out and having a good time whereas like going out like I'm gonna get plastered I want to get drunk um I feel like those are two separate things within itself because saying that you want to go out and you want to get plastered, that's pretty much saying like you want to commit this sin. Um, whereas like, I just want to have a good time as in like the way, like I don't want to get completely drunk, but I want to be able to enjoy the night with friends, like 
just to like go out on the dance floor and dance a little bit but it's I'd say like that's kind of the distinction between the two so mm -hmm. like I'd say it's okay to go out like if you want to go to a bar or anything and have a good time um but you should also be fully aware of yourself and know your limit because if you're not able to draw a line saying like okay I've had too much um I need to probably like drink a little bit of water um because that's also important as well because you want to be able to take care of yourself as well um so I just I think I'll go ahead, no, Mary. No, no, <laughs> I was just going to say, I think just like, just because there are different levels of like drunkenness, I think mm -hmm. that like complicates things, I would say, just because mm -hmm. like you can be tipsy, you can be drunk, you can be plastered, like whatever yeah. adjective you want to use. But I feel like there's different mm -hmm. levels and it just complicates kind of like you said already a little bit of a gray matter. But what were you going to say, Mary? Yeah. Well, actually, I just thought this, this uh, question that you brought up and your answer to it was a great um, uh Kind of springboard for our next question which is um uh how can you how can drinking be safe fun and in good reason so mm -hmm. basically you you know you kind of brought up like how to go about it um and, and kind of start mentioning that so um so for you know our our listeners that are kind of wondering like well how can i you know plan on going out and and having a drink or two in order to have a good time but how can i do it safely how can i make sure that i'm not going to cross that line of like being drunk but still being able to enjoy the time yeah i would one thing i would definitely say is make sure you drink with people um especially with people who you trust and people who are um desiring to lead you closer to Christ. Um, because ultimately they're not gonna let you get to the point where you are committing a sin because their ult ultimate goal in life is to get you to heaven. So having those people and drinking with those people um, because you don't wanna fall into the temptation of being with the people who are like, oh, let's get plastered um, because that's not gonna lead to your ultimate goodness. Um, that's not gonna glorify God. and. I mean, I can speak from experience, like, I'm not perfect. I've fallen into, like, the college mistakes of going to parties, um, getting drunk. And every single morning that I have woken up from an experience like that, I have known that I did not glorify God at all that night. And it's just, like, I wake up with this, like, weight on my conscience, and it's, it's heavy, and it's just, where did I see God that night? Because it was not respecting God at all. And I feel like that's our ultimate purpose in life is to glorify God in everything that we do. So making it, it's easy to make it fun and enjoyable. Um, I mean, one thing that people do at JK Chesterton's, um, they have discussions over his works. What they do is they talk about a certain work that he did and then they break out into sessions and they just like drink a beer and they just discuss kind of like what it is that they've taken away from that um, discussion. And it's just like, you can use alcohol for good um, to promote discussion, to like enjoy a community. Um, and so, yeah. Part of me, this just reminds me of like um, Footloose when they're like trying to justify like dancing in the town and he like breaks out the bible and he's like at the town hall and it's just kind of humorous to me um because like we kind of said like there's nothing like 
drink like Jesus like was turning water into wine, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just find that just kind of funny. Um, I thought you brought up some really good points, um, you know, especially about drinking with friends that are mm-hmm. going to, you know, cut you off when <laughs> yeah. they know, you know, because oftentimes when you start drinking, you don't really realize like kind of your own mm-hmm. actions. And, you know, so sometimes it's a, a friend that can kind of see it more clearly, you know, also having a a DD designated driver always 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 um unless you're like walking you know to the to the venue um yeah I think that's and and you also talked about drinking water um Mm -hmm. super important especially those who are freshly 21 um (laughs) may not realize this drink that water drink that water yeah definitely because like one thing too uh, that the bible says in Sirach is well, it's chapter 1, verse 36. Wine drunken in moderation is the joy of the soul and the heart. So there's joy that can come out of drinking if it's done in moderation. That's why it's important to also practice the virtue of temperance and to be fully self-aware of the situation because it can lead to joy and it can lead to fun. Um, you just have to come to know yourself um, to grow in the virtue of temperance and to be around people who are going to also do that with you. Yeah, and that kind of ties into our next question of just, and it's kind of similar to the previous question we asked, but Amy, do you just have any tips on how to like balance a good time while being mindful of your actions? Like we kind of discussed this a little bit, but if is there anything else you want to share like in regards to that? So one thing I would say, um, there are a lot of things that kind of the first question answered, but I'd say specifically some things that you can do is most importantly like be with that group of friends who are gonna help you and lead you closer to Christ and also know like yourself kind of like what I was talking about just know like where you best glorify God like it can easily, you can easily fall into temptation like if you're at a bar but if you're just hanging out with a group of friends at an apartment like that's also very, very important. And also one thing too, like, so there's like this mindfulness act that I was reading. And if anyone, it's mostly directed towards men, but there's an Instagram page, it's called the Catholic Gentleman. And they also have a website too. And the the guy who created this website, he has an article and it's called The Lost Art at Catholic Drinking. And he goes on to quote J.K. Chesterton, and he said, we should thank God for beer and burgundy, not by drinking too much of them. In other words, we should show our gratitude to God for the wine and beer by enjoying these things in good cheer and warm company and not enjoying them in excess. So this leads into the fact that you should pay attention to what's in front of you. And Matt Frad talks about this in episode 65 um, of Pints with Aquinas, and he says, whenever you pay more attention to what you're doing, you become more grateful. Gratitude is something that's kind of lost in our world today um, because we easily look over the things that God has given us. Everything here on earth is a gift from God, and every single gift from God can be abused. But if we thank God for the gifts that he has given us, it becomes more enjoyable and such a more rich experience as well. 
It reminds me of the Catholic idea of just like moderation, like mm-hmm. everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And also what you said about like enjoying it. I like that, you know, it kind of reminded me of like, like going to an art museum. Like, you don't go to an art museum all the time, you know, but like when you go, like you go in and you enjoy it and like you kind of soak mm-hmm. in that, you know, and, uh, and yeah, it's kind of like that when like, you know, you're having like a drink, it's like you, you drink to enjoy it, not to, you know, use or abuse it. Yeah. And another thing too, like the Catholic gentlemen, they, <laughs> on their website, they also have tips to being more mindful about drinking and mm-hmm. one, like things to realize about alcohol. So like, why is it that you like this taste? What is the taste? Like, what is mm-hmm. this beer, this wine actually taste like becoming fully aware of, and like enriching yourself in the experience? Mm-hmm. Because like you may like a beer, but you can't explain why. So, like, that's also, like, something else to pay attention to, like, so you're, like, fully becoming aware of the gifts that God has given you and using those gifts to just glorify Him, which I think is very, very important. So. (laughs) I forgot that that was... (laughs) It's great. I'm excited for this question. Yeah. So, Amy, uh, what is your beverage of choice? So, if you haven't caught on to the fact that I've been hinting at beer a lot, I do enjoy nice uh, beer, but I'm kind of picky. So, I stay away from all the light beers, and I go straight to the dark, Um, but I really like Guinness, Mm -hmm. but I'm picky about my Guinness, and I cannot have it cold. I like to drink it at room temperature. Uh, Like a good German Yep, like good German. It's in my blood. <laughs> so, the cat, the campus Catholic is not sponsored by Guinness nor any alcohol brand <laughs> that will be mentioned during this episode. <laughs> so with that, Jenna, what's what's your my beverage of choice? choice? Um, I like really, really sweet wines. Alcohol, honestly, I could give or take it. Like I could take a cherry coke over <laughs> like alcohol. Like I'd be fine with that. But like I do like like foo-foo drinks. I don't know what you'd call them, but um, Oliver Wine, it's a winery in Bloomington, Indiana, and they have a cherry Moscato that's really good. So, what about you, Friarian? What's your beverage of choice? Um, I I enjoy um, I enjoy a darker reds or a drier reds. Mm-hmm. Like, um, oh, yes. Merlots <laughs> or Cabernets, I enjoy those. Do you like so, yeah. Pinots? Um, I like a Pinot, yeah. I don't like sweet wines. Me really. either. I'm not a sweet sweet drinker i went wine tasting a couple weekends ago and they only had three dry wines and the rest were sweet wines and i was struggling a bit but no i fully understand that well amy we conclude every episode of the campus catholic with one final question um and that is where have you seen god this week well that's a very good question (laughs) no i'd say so i I didn't even read that question uh, whenever you sent me the questions, but because I just wanted it to come to me in the moment. And I think pretty much I, last night I was, I did my Bible study um, with a great group of people. Um, If you're listening to this podcast, shout out to you. Um, But pretty much we were having a discussion and we were just sitting in Java and we were just having a good time. Like, Yes, we, like, glorified God through our Bible study, too, but we also 
just had fruitful conversation before and afterwards we were sharing stories about our childhood and it was just like really beautiful and so rich and I believe that God led us so closer um, in that Bible study um, even more so than what we already were with the past year that we've had Bible study. Thank you, Amy. Concluded by the lovely St. Joseph University Parish Church Bells. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jenna, where have you seen God oh, this week? Oh, me next? Okay. Um, so, I had a really um, interesting and fruitful encounter with a stranger recently. Um, so, I was um, leaving... For those of you familiar with the Terre Haute area, I was leaving, I think, what is the South Walmart? I oh, think okay. it's yep. the South Walmart. And oftentimes there are a lot of people um, kind of on the strip right there that are usually just having a hard time and usually are standing there with signs like as the cars go by. And I read this thing a week ago where it's um, talking about like things that you can do for people when they need something but you don't have anything physical to offer them. And one of the suggestions was like, just ask them their name because a lot of people, um, I don't know if this particular person was um, experiencing homelessness, but um, typically like for those who are experiencing homelessness, they'll go like months at a time without hearing their name. And so like I was with the lovely Jenna Tevin, shout out to Jenna, and we were in the car and she's, Jenna said, you know, I wish I had something to give her. And I was like, I was like, well, I was like, I could unroll my window and just say hi and I was like I don't know and then I unrolled my window and I was like hi I'm Jenna what's your name and um she just what she said to me um was just I don't know I felt like what she told me came kind of came from like God himself as crazy as that sounds um and it was just a very sweet endearing moment so um yeah I'm praying for Sue who I met um recently so yeah it was very lovely Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. What about you, Friarian? Um, well, this this day that we are recording is actually September 15th, which is the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I have long since had a devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows. And um, this year, I, I actually remembered to start a novena leading up to the feast day. And so just kind of um, remembering Our Lady of Sorrows every night before going to bed, um, kind of these past nine days has just kind of been fruitful for me. It's kind of gotten me back in touch with a, with a devotion that I haven't um, really uh, relied on a whole lot in, you know, recent months or years. And it just kind of sparked, a, you know, something uh, in me from, from my earlier days and uh, formation as a friar. So just really appreciated that. And I love Our Lady of Sorrows and meditating on her seven sorrows. So awesome thanks for you can i add something real quick go for it okay so i know i'm not like the greatest philosopher or theologian ever so i highly recommend looking at matt frad's episodes that i listened or listed earlier so definitely look into episode 24 because he has a more in-depth um and fruitful conversation about um the question of drunkenness and how thomas aquinas goes into it um with more detail so i highly recommend looking up that if you have any more questions and the name of that podcast is amy oh is it pints with aquinas yes it's pints with aquinas and the episode is uh are you cool if i get hammered drunk (laughs) that's a great time man man maybe that's what we should have named our episode (laughs) can i love 
Jesus and still get hammered. Um, anyway, thank you so much, Amy, for coming on today. We loved um, just spending this time with you and getting to hear all your lovely insight. Um, to our wonderful listeners out there, thank you again for tuning into the Campus Catholic. If you like this episode, feel free to share with all your friends. Know that we are praying for you. And not to sound like a Budweiser commercial, but drink responsibly. <laughs> all right, Friarian, take it away. All right, and as we close every podcast, peace and all good things.